Blog Talk Radio. Um, joining me, Stephen Platinum, is uh, multi-time Booker of the Year, all-around great guy, uh, Todd Sexy Sexton. How you doing, man? I am great, Steve. How are you doing? I'm a lot better now. I'm doing great. <laughs> I was not ready for that song at all, and uh, boy, it's going to be a delightful night, as Todd smartly said, uh, in the most divisive <laughs> night in uh, in the country imaginable. Um, we're going to talk about Tracy Smothers and uh, have a great time. We're going to have Bull Buchanan calling in, who Todd acquired, not Larry. I erroneously gave him credit for that. And, uh, and um, Dr. Tom Pritchard. So an A-list lineup. As I told Larry, Todd, um, we should have named this thing <laughs> Tribute to Tracy Smothers with A-listers and Stephen Platinum. So there you <laughs> it's, go. Pretty, it's pretty great. <laughs> and Larry's going to be chiming in from time to time. But how are you doing, Todd? I'm doing well. been looking forward to this for uh, um, a couple of days, especially yesterday after we confirmed everything and we all decided to do the go-ahead on it. So Yes. Yes. Um, you know, initially, this is like a little behind-the-scenes stuff, but I think it's really relevant. Um, Larry wasn't sure about doing it, not because, of, you know, because he's like, I don't know if we have things to contribute to the conversation. But after we had a talk about it, we realized, like, no, there's a lot of people who listen to the show that may not be familiar with Tracy Smothers. And, uh, you know, and the things I'm going to contribute are going to be a little different and kind of closer to the end. But the fact that we've got so many great people to talk about it, Todd Sexton and Dr. Tom and Bob Buchanan with Larry chiming in, I just think it's wonderful. So, yeah, well, we had a similar me and Larry had a similar conversation last night, um, I think, uh, before he may even talk to you. And um, I watched uh, the, the first few minutes of your full disclosure video this afternoon. And you what you said about this was almost the exact same thing I told Larry, which was, you know, not to put him on the spot of making him do it. But I feel like, you know, he needs to be honored. And also with the passing of Bullet Bob uh, a month and a half ago. Yes. It's you know a big part of Smoky Mountain, a forgotten promotion, almost. You know, Cornette's keeping it out there a little bit on his podcast, but for the most part, this generation of wrestlers are not familiar with it, and I don't want to see that lost in history. And as I told, I remember working at Anarchy and Jack Briscoe died, and I told Bill we need to do a video and say something, and Bill was kind of like, oh, I don't know. I was like, if we don't, who will? You know, if we don't honor these people, who will? We don't want to get them lost in history, you know? Absolutely. 
And um, so, Todd, wouldn't you think, if, if I just put you on the spot here, Tracy Smothers, mm-hmm. if I said, give me one finite memory, it can be a very personal one or something that you saw that you did that whenever you think Tracy Smothers, you think what? Uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I really, I mean, I'm a huge fan because I grew up with Smoky Mountain Wrestling and his run there, the feud with the Dirty White Boy. Um, and and I went to the shows at Marietta uh, when they ran there, and wow. I got his autograph in my little book and stuff. <laughs> and the, you could buy the little gimmick books they sell. So I got Tracy Smothers' autograph. I went to, like I said, I went to four of those shows. That's the only shows they ran before. Um, so I got to see him against Candido, against Bryant Anderson, Bruiser Bedlam, and you know, I mean. So and of course the stuff in WCW. So I have a you know, but Smoky Mountain like Tracy was my guy. And for those who don't understand, and you can remember this, Steve, and I know Larry can. Ninety two, yeah. ninety three, ninety four, the national scene in professional wrestling was the shit. I mean, yeah. WWE was very cartoony because they're trying to come back. Supposedly the reason they were doing it, it's been addressed now, is they were trying to come back from the steroid and sex scandal and stuff. Um, WCW just couldn't find their way. And then this promotion pops up, held by Jim Cornette. Like, rough and tumble wrestling, all this color, um, these great promos and stuff, and it just, it, you know, it became... This is, I wasn't old enough to tape trade, but when I read it in the magazines, and we finally got it into Atlanta, I was hooked. I mean, this was like my promotion, pretty much. Yeah, it's important to note that time as well. Like when I, you know, I'm a big avid, I'm a big Hornet fan, though people don't think mm-hmm. I am. And I read yeah, all those I am books. Too. Yeah. And, and it was fascinating, the Midnight Express book in particular, in addition to all those great, like, paycheck receipts and stuff that just made me drool. Um, where yeah, no kidding. The thing about, like, here's where I was thinking about leaving. And I sort of took note of which which places did better like in Tennessee and stuff. He's like, okay, that was a higher than expected house, blah, blah, blah. And Cornyn's such a detail guy. And it was sort of setting the stage for this idea of Smoky Mountain. And I mean, I, Todd, I know you felt that way. I know I felt that way. This idea of, <clears throat> okay, I'm doing these shows and it's not that I hate what I'm doing, but boy, I feel like I could do it better. But none of that vision works without guys who can really pull it off and kind of make things their own and go in directions you don't expect. And I think Tracy Smothers was one of those guys when I think of Smoky Mountain that really, like somebody pointed out to me, and it's very smart, like Tracy Smothers did great tag stuff before that, but Smoky Mountain Mm -hmm. is where you got to see how great Tracy Smothers the individual was. Yeah, I mean, the best-known national match is always going to be the Great American Bash 1990 with the Southern Boys against the Midnight Express. But to really get, you know, you can't give the credit to Tracy, not not to say you can't, but it's four guys out there along with Cornette, so five total putting together this big finger to the office and going out there and killing <laughs> it. But, you know, then Tracy, you know, and then after that they were just floundering. You know, pseudo-heel turn, you know, feuding with the freaking Patriots. Um <laughs> You know, that's the kind of level they were at. Um, and jobbered to the stars and stuff. And once again, like if you can understand the context, if people understand, that's what we talk about, how the business being in a really bad spot at the time. And he went, you know, his spot was originally earmarked for Brad Armstrong as the hometown type go get him baby face. But 
Brad wasn't out of his contract, so they got Tracy instead and took it and ran with it, Where and he was just perfect for the area. And a lot of times, you know, can this guy, you know, you couldn't do Tracy's character in ECW, which we can talk about here in a little bit, what he did do yeah. in ECW, but as far as like, you know, Dirty White Boy wouldn't have been a headline heel in any other place but Smoky Mountain at the time. And Tracy probably wouldn't have been a headline. He would have been a uh, a good workhorse in the middle of the card where Smoky Mountain, he clicked perfectly. Right. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Tracy Smothers ECW, like, because I grew up in Hawaii and I was training and just getting started right around, like, 93. So for me, my first introduction to Tracy Smothers was ECW, and then I could retroactively go backwards and tape trade and all that stuff to get a hold of the Smoky Mountain stuff. So that's a weird way to sort of find Tracy Smothers. <laughs> it's probably pretty that unique, true, actually. Yeah. Like, I didn't well, even know. Yeah, yeah. Good. Oh, I was going to say, like, yeah. I didn't even know what Smoky Mountain was because this is like, it's not pre-internet, but it's definitely not. I didn't use the internet for wrestling stuff. I just didn't think of it yeah. that way. And so yeah, porn. you had to, to discover that this whole Smoky Mountain thing happened after it was pretty much done was a very weird way to go about it. But yeah, like EC, and ECW, here's a weird little story. So I'd met Tracy Smothers at ECW. And because, you know, they were interested, I, I happened to wrestle this indie nearby and I sort of kept in contact with them because it's like everybody's like, you got to work ECW. But the weird thing was I didn't want to do it because of the money. Like the money was so <laughs> bad because I could get 150 at like almost any indie at that point in my career. Mm-hmm. And they were like 75. I'm like 75 to get killed? Like what? Wow. And they're like, yeah, but, you, but we're on TV blah, 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 if it goes well, but I had heard those promises. So I didn't even think of ECW as that promotion. I just thought of them as another indie that did well that had local TV. And I'm like, what time's their TV show? <laughs> and they told me, yeah, like, no kidding. Yeah. watches that shit. Like, and it's yeah. so weird, but I just remember Tracy Smothers, even in that freaking insane locker room, like Paul Heyman's there, like holding court in the middle, but then Tracy Smothers, also was one of the like if I didn't know any better I would have gone Tracy Smothers is one of the three top guys here just by how he was treated by everybody else and how he was acting in the locker room and I think that really says something when you look at who was there you know at that time so yeah I believe he was used as a trainer um like pre-show with like the young guys would come and he runs uh him and um uh who else um with the Fantastics, Tommy Rogers, when he made a little comment right. there. Yeah, they would, uh, you know, they would run uh, sessions before the show to teach the younger guys psychology and whatnot. So, I mean, and then he'd go out there, but he knew what his role was to be the comedy guy with Guido, and right. that's what he did. And to go out there and make the other guys look good because he had no ego, he just enjoyed professional wrestling. Yes. Yeah, that's a lot of what I'm going to talk about at the end. I'm, I'm sort of going to do more like – the idea of Tracy Smothers and how big mm-hmm. of a gap him not being alive anymore is actually leaving. I think especially younger wrestlers, who, especially if you never got to be in a locker room with him, I don't think you mm-hmm. understand how vital he was. Um, because right now wrestling, it feels like it's in two camps. It's either like, 
I'm cool with everything going on now because I'm younger or mm-hmm. I tolerate it. Or the worst is fuck everything wrestling now. I hate it. And the yeah. guys who are fully like, I understand what good wrestling is because I was a part of it like Tracy, but yet I'm accepting and I'm going to do the best I can with what I can. And at the end of the day, it's all wrestling. We need those guys, right? We need Tracy Smothers, yeah. right? Jim Cornette's yeah, Jim Cornette, and that's great, but we don't need yeah. – I mean, because that's every old vet – almost every old veteran I know is like, ah, I hate this. It's like, well, that's not helping. The territories are not coming back. The territories yeah, are not coming back. back. Bruno was shitting on the product. You know, everybody, you know, the next, the old generation is always going to shit on the the new generation. And that's the way it's going to be. I mean, unless there's very few people that can learn to adapt and appreciate and see that this is what's working now and this is where it's going. You might like it, or, you know, you, you just, you know, you can learn to adapt with it and maybe you can teach the guys things that they're not learning doing uh, yes. stuff other places or something. And it goes much better if you're – and, I mean, Tracy Smothers is one of those guys. I was with uh, Ron Niemi today having lunch, which is bizarre. And we were just talking about wow. how certain guys – and, I mean, I don't want to put their names out there. But there's, there's promoters and bookers and that kind of thing who never did it, right? And, mm. like, I remember Adam Pierce always saying, like, the difference between him and Gabe was – Gabe, of course, had people's respect, but you can't get 100% of the boys' respect if you were never one of them on some level. And I think that that's true. And I think that's one of those things, like Tracy Smothers, he's not just the old guy in the locker room yelling at you who won't take a bump. He's the guy who still did it with you, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Almost, yeah, almost still, beyond yeah. logic. Like, yes. You know, honky tonk man. You know, like you can't get that guy to bump for anything. Like I did shows with that yeah. guy, and it's like he would take a bump and then talk about how he took a bump, and you should be fucking happy that you had to give him three grand. You know, for the show. Yeah. And it's like, huh. and then Tracy Smothers is out there like doing his thing. Now he's. That's not to say he wasn't smart as far as you know doing less and getting more out of it and getting crowds involved. He did all of that. But at the end of the day, he was one of the boys. And um, that's like, God, do we need those guys, you know? Hey, did you get uh, to work I mean, shows with him, by the way? I, that's funny. Um, as much as I've done, I never was on a show with him. The only time I met him was as a fan. And I was a huge uh, marker for him. And I was always disappointed mm-hmm. that I just never happened to be, you know. I even talked to Charles about bringing him down for a Southern Fried show, and it just never happened. Just so I can meet him, honestly, because right. I was you know, <laughs> always a big fan. And um, hey guys, but no, uh, I never did. Got, yeah, mm-hmm. we got Dr. Tom Pritchard here. Oh please, oh, introduce him. By bring all him means, on, Larry. please. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm bringing him on right now. We're very pleased to have to have Dr. Don Pritchard joining the tipping point for this discussion. Dr. Tom, good to see you again. Well, good evening, good evening, good evening. Uh, how is everybody? Doing great, we, man. We are, we are very good and very, very, very happy to have you on. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. I, I called in the middle of the discussion. I heard uh, some of what you guys were talking about, but I'm not sure uh, uh, where you guys were going with this whole so, thing. So, Bring so, me up to date. 
Yeah, so a lot of it was – Todd and I were just talking about how, um, you know, a lot of what was great about uh, Tracy was he bridged the gap. Like, I was – that's why I asked Todd, like, did you ever work a show with him? Like, he's one of those guys that people watched when they were young and were fans of, and then a lot of them got to work with him in a locker room, and he was still willing to bump. He was still willing to do all of that stuff. That's what I thought he was so amazing about him is the – kind of great attitude he had about wrestling in general even if he personally felt like some things i don't like about the modern wrestling he never let that come across when he was doing his thing and he was the one of the best lead by example guys that i could ever remember being around would you back that up well i i would back that up i i think that um tracy was like a lot of us in in the respect that he did love the business and he understood that changes are inevitable and the only uh uh thing for certain is there are there's nothing for certain and, and everything's going to change uh so you have to you have to understand that and we may not like it and, and a lot of us don't um at the same time uh, I'll never forget, and it's on YouTube right now. It's a short clip from Friday Night in the Coliseum, filmed way back in 1972 by a guy named Jeff Winningham uh, in Houston, Texas. And he goes to Paul Bosch's old wrestling office, and they're talking about uh, the state of wrestling today and showmanship and and what they were doing back in 1972. And Paul says, and Paul was... Uh, an old school promoter, but he was broke in by Jack Pfeffer. And if you know anything about Jack Pfeffer, it makes sense. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, he said a lot of people will come up to him and say, you know, wrestling's not like it was when I was a boy. And and Paul looked in the camera and said, well, you know, nothing's like it was when, when I was a boy either. You know, things change. Uh, basketball changes, uh, baseball changes, football, you know, base, uh, Major League Baseball now owns the factory that makes the balls, and there's more home runs and more excitement to the to the sports. You have to accept or not the changes that, that come with any business or any sport. Uh, I think probably a lot of issues that the older guys have now is – uh, maybe the lack of respect some of the younger guys show some of the older guys. And I think Tracy, uh, I've been on shows with him when he's wanted to, wanted to strangle a few of these the young guys. Not everybody, but, but the ones he wanted to strangle just <laughs> had no respect uh, for for the business or for him or for the older guys who came before. And And that was a huge thing. And I think it's not necessarily that the business has changed. I think it's the attitude sometimes that that you would run into in the dressing room or locker yeah. rooms and, 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 and sometimes even in the ring because a lot of the guys didn't understand uh, that the basics and fundamentals never go out of style. And that was Tracy's strength when he got in the ring to teach the guys. And he had patience, and he would take it down to a level uh, where you could get over. When, when we say less is more – that's what Tracy demonstrated. He didn't have to do a lot of have a coronas or toupees or huracanas <laughs> and topes. It doesn't matter how you say it. Um, it it's just you can get over. Uh, you don't have to go out and do all this stuff if you're authentic and if you're real and people buy into you. And Tracy was as real as it got. He was a legitimate wild-eyed Southern boy. So, uh, And I agree uh, that he would help the guys. But but at the same time, if you disrespected him, 
then then you better watch out because you want to see disrespect, he can show it just as much as, if not, some of the young guys. Um, excuse me, Dr. Tom, my name is uh, Todd Sexton. Um, um, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about you working with Tracy, if that's all right. Um, sure. The most famous match you have with Tracy would probably be the Super Bowl of Wrestling with the Heavenly Bodies against uh, Tracy Smothers and the Dirty White Boy, which was one of the bloodiest matches, I think, in Smoky Mountain history. Do you have any memories on that match? Well, I do. We were uh, supposed to do a spot where uh, the Dirty White Boy was going to uh, uh, shoot me into Tracy. Tracy was going to backdrop me uh, onto the table. It was supposed to break, but when, when Tony shot me off, uh, Tracy gave me the backdrop, and I kind of slid on this wooden table and it didn't bust. So uh, Cornette, as he's running around the ringside, he said, uh, uh, you got to break it, do something, break it. And so Tracy picked me up and put me, stood on the table and uh, didn't tell me, he just did it. He, he put me, <laughs> my head between his legs and uh, uh, picked me up for a, a, a pile driver and pile drove me right through the middle of the table. And, you know, that that's an example of the trust uh, and the ability uh, to trust that Tracy had. Um, you know, there there were times, and we all do this, we all throw live rounds and potatoes and things like that, but, but I don't know that, well, I do know. I, I don't believe I would have done that with anybody except a seasoned pro, and Tracy was a seasoned pro. You know, to pile drive somebody through the table, it, it's, <laughs> there's a lot of trust involved there. But, um, <laughs> You know that that that's the memory I have of that match, and uh, you know another memory I have of of Tracy is infuriating him and, and poking the bear, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, ribbing him all the way from Nashville to Knoxville on on many occasions, and one night it just got too much, and uh, uh, you know. Jimmy Del Rey and myself had flown back from Boston after Survivor Series, and Ricky and Robert was with us. Uh, we, we, I think Robert drove and parked at the airport, and we all got in Robert's car. We headed to the town. I think it was in Kentucky. And somehow the conversation came up about Tracy. And uh, Tracy was, was throwing potatoes back then. Just, just you know, sometimes you <laughs> – Sometimes you just get in this lump and, and uh, slump anyway. And and the last one he threw, he, he nailed Brian Lee uh, in the eye and got nine. Brian had to get nine stitches. And, you know, Brian and I were uh, were friends, and he would stay with me a lot of times when he was in Knoxville. And I uh, we were talking about Tracy, and finally I said, you know what? I just think Tracy's a friggin' idiot. He's clumsy and careless, and, and you can quote me. Well, sure enough, when we got to the town, you know, there were separate dressing rooms, and we went to the hillside, and Ricky and Robert went to the babyface side and could not wait to stir the pot. And Ricky told them exactly what I said. You know, we went out, we had a tag match, uh, then there was a battle royal at the end of the night, and Tracy was working with uh, Brian that night, and he wouldn't do anything, and Cornette was, was wondering what's going on. Brian came back saying, I don't know what's wrong with him. He won't do anything. And I went over to both of them and said, I know what's wrong with him. I said, he's an idiot and told Ricky and Robert they can quote me. And I'm sure they did. So we got in the ring and he went after me, man. He he legitimately went after me in the ring and all the guys are holding him back. And uh, 
I was yelling at him, said, let him go, let him get out of the system. I was, I was willing to just let him beat my ass, do whatever he had to do. Uh, but anyway, after the show, we're riding back, and we stopped to get our beer, and Tracy's riding with Ricky and Robert, and I'm riding with Brian, and we see him on the side of the road, and I told Brian to pull over, and Brian first said, no, 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 just leave it alone, and we kept going. So about five minutes later, here comes Robert hauling ass, and he, you know, we pass him, and I told Brian, click your lights, please, let's pull him over. So he did, we pull over. And uh, Ricky and Robert got out, and Tracy was in the back. And as soon as he saw me get out, he was fighting with the car, the the front seat to get out, and came out and just got out and started saying, I'll kill you, MF, and uh, just started going off. And I said something to Ricky. Ricky pushed me and uh, gave me an FU at the same time, and I threw my beer at him, missed him by a mile. And then Tracy and I started (laughs) jacking. Yeah, we we started – spewing and cussing back and forth and then we locked up we, we didn't wasn't any punches thrown we locked up on the side of the road in in a wrestling lockup and that's when i knew i said wait a minute wait a minute if he was that mad and he really wanted nobody to kill wants me to fight. nobody wants to fight well <laughs> the thing is it's literally five seconds after this happened we see the blue lights pull right in at, behind us and uh, the cop got out and said, what the hell's going on here? And Tracy said, oh, we just got done wrestling up the road here, and we, we thought we'd pull over and work some spots on the side of the road. And the cop looked at us like we were crazy. <laughs> and uh, he says, well, you don't do that in my county. you got 15 seconds to get out of here. Everybody's going to jail. So Tracy looked at me and said, uh, uh, i got kids. you got kids. We don't need to go to jail. I'll see you tomorrow. And I thought, holy Christ, this is, this is stupid. But we were getting ready to work an angle with him, so I got home and called Cornette, told him what happened. We had promos the next day. I showed up early and waited for Tracy. And when he came back to the dressing room after promos, he came up to me and apologized. I said, no, 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 i got to apologize to you. Anyway, it was, we worked it out. But, I mean, I've seen the fire in his eyes. I've seen him shadow box. I've seen him punch <laughs> the lockers. I've seen him, you know, just, just be Tracy. He was a legitimate uh, character persona. He was a legitimate um, something we don't have nowadays either. That that's mm. the other issue. When when veterans talk about not liking what's going on today, I think it's because we it, it's of course it's changed, but it's not as authentic. It's not as and I don't even want to use this word, but I have to. It's not as legitimate in the sense that when you had a guy uh, like a Tracy Smothers or a guy like a Dr. Jerry Graham who was completely insane. Um, or, or Mark Lewin, or Kevin Sullivan, or, or, or the Brad Armstrongs, or the Bullet Bobs, the guys who were authentic, and the people knew it, the boys knew it, everybody knew uh, that these guys were the real deal. Yes, we were in a work business. Yes, it was uh, entertainment. But at the same time, even to do something like this on a full-time basis, working six uh, or seven nights a week, you've got to have a screw loose or two. And and we all did, but, you know, some of us were a little more, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't want to say regulated, but we were a little more, uh, we weren't as over the edge as, as some of those guys were. And Tracy was certainly uh, one of those guys that, that you would, I, I think, a normal person or a civilian would certainly think twice uh, about wanting to irritate him because he could get real, very irritated really fast. And if you weren't one of the boys 
uh, and if you weren't in the business, um, then you were fair game, I guess. And and that's just that's that's a lot of things. Tracy, again, he he certainly uh, is a great teacher, somebody to get in the ring with and, and learn from. But at the same time, if you weren't willing to learn and you thought you already knew it, he would show you in a heartbeat that you didn't. And I've seen that too. So I mean, yeah, that it's. Uh, there's a lot of sides to, to this whole thing, but uh, the the bottom line is Tracy Smothers, um, what was a real wild-eyed Southern boy, he lived the gimmick because it wasn't no gimmick. <laughs> That's tremendous. <laughs> so wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. Right, um, Dr. Tom, Tom, before... Oh, go ahead, Steve. No, I was going to say... Um, I'll certainly I'll let Todd ask his question, but uh, if you wanted to hang on um, after you answer Todd's question, you're welcome to. If you got to go, we understand. We're going to have Bull Buchanan on in a little while as well, so that's totally up to you. But Todd, would yeah, you no, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm I'm here all night, man. I'm good. Absolutely. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, well, my my question is not really a question, more of a statement. Um, the um, um, I've watched Smoky Mountain uh, since its inception and stuff and was a huge fan of the Heavenly Bodies. Um, the last few years, last six or seven years, my wife Kelly has watched it with me, and she's now in a bad situation because she can't decide who she thinks is cuter, Stan Lane or Dr. Tom. So it's something we well, deal with at the house. Oh, well, let me, let me just uh, react to that statement. Stan was certainly more of the... Uh, Chippendales and smooth operator, and I was more of the um, <laughs> where's where's the party and how insane are we going to get tonight? So I, I don't know about cuteness uh, in in the reality of it all, but uh, it's kind of like a, a what was it the uh, the gremlins or the the ones where once you once you gave them some water, they turned into these horrible monsters. <laughs> So I mean, once once the show was over, I don't think I was a horrible monster. But my God, if you got me in my element, and uh, uh, and I've I've been out with Stan quite a few times, and it was it was a blast. But um, yeah, that's well, well, that's awful nice. Of, I think I don't know if I want to be cute or or just uh, uh, ruggedly um, overbearing or something like that. I don't know. The cute <laughs> may have been my word, visible. but. Yeah. She was uh, uh she was attractiveness. The hair is what gets her. Well, of course, the hair. Man. I mean, look, look, look. I will say this. Uh, at one time, I had had some pretty damn good hair. I can still, I still got a full head of hair, and and I, I've looked and noticed through the years how many guys don't anymore. So even Stan, it, you know, he was he, <laughs> he he's he's gone through that issue before, but. But thank her very much. That's that's. Uh, I'm I'm not so sure. You know that uh, she she's impressed with the bloodiness and the, and the grit that we that we had in Smoky Mountain. But thank God she liked my hair. I'm glad. No, she lo- she loves the grit. That's the thing oh, is she yeah. likes the grit too because it's yeah it looks great. There there I was a lot that, of grit in that Smoky Mountain time too, man, and it was a lot of fun. I guess Dr. Tom, what I hear that you're saying is that you are great looking. You know, Stan Lane was great looking. But now you kept your hair and he didn't, so you win. So I think. Ah. <laughs> so congratulations. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's something to be proud of, I'm sure. 
Um, did what's something about Tracy Smothers that most people wouldn't know? Like these, like did he have like a weird peccadillo? Did he have like a favorite something that was like kind of inexplicable? Was there anything like that that you can remember? Well, here here's something that I, I always uh, noticed about Tracy, and and of course uh, other people had the same uh, personality at times too. Tracy um, could be shy, but he could also uh, make his make himself at home pretty fast too. It was all um, I guess that's all of us. I mean, but but for Tracy to make himself at home. Um, could could mean, for instance, hmm, uh, I've got to figure out how to say this the right way. Um, we we had a friend of ours. Uh, when I say of ours, of 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 the crew, the boys, and he lived up in the hills of Knoxville, and he lived in a uh, a shack. Is is the best way to describe it. A nice guy, man. Great guy. Uh, we all enjoyed him and. Uh, would occasionally go to his his shack. Uh, it, uh, when I mean in the hills, I'm talking one lane roads at at times for maybe a miles at a time, and you had to pull over to the side if somebody else was coming, and there wasn't a lot of room to get by. Why would we go there? I'll leave it to your imagination. But, but Tracy <laughs> would visit with us, and and you know if you can imagine. Uh, he he didn't have a uh, washing machine or dryer. It's up in the hills. I don't know how he washed his, his clothes or his um, uh, sheets and blankets, things like that. But, I mean, I remember there there was a few of us up there one night, and Tracy disappeared, and we couldn't find him. Well, we didn't. We're, we're, we noticed he was gone after about, I don't know, 15 minutes. And he's, he's in the guy's bed uh, by himself. But it's... It's in this shack in this room with uh, bedding that hasn't been washed. I don't know six months. I guess I, I'm, I'm I'm guessing, but I'm just oh, looking no. at the condition. Yeah, man, I'm looking at the condition of this, and I'm going, dude, no way, no way, you know. But but Tracy just made himself at home, made himself comfortable, um, and he could relate to people in in situations like that, uh, and he was very. Congenial at times. I've seen him as uh, compassionate and caring, and then I've seen him grit his teeth and, and shadow box and punch the walls and punch lockers. And um, once, once again, we're, we're in the entertainment business, but we're also in an insane. It was more insane back then, especially. And yeah, yeah hard to believe. Uh, you know, that, that's what's, that's what a lot of people are, that to me is what was missing. And I think Tracy, we've talked about this before years ago when, when we, when he do shots here and there, that what is missing is that element of, uh, the guys had, uh, the, the, the aroma of danger about them when they walked in somewhere, you weren't quite sure what was going to happen. You know how, how people walk in and you, and you get that tense feeling about them. Um, and, and he could have sure. that sometimes because he was just in that, that, uh, that lane a lot of times and you couldn't break him of that trance almost he had. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've been around guys like Mark Lewin, Kevin Sullivan, 
Buzz Sawyer, and those, those were what I categorize as, as the dangerous guys because they could flip on a, just just flip the switch and uh, start turning over tables and um, putting your finger their finger in your eye. It's like wow, where'd that come from? So that was that was a little. As I found out, it could be unsettling at times, but uh, you know I got used to it after the first <laughs> first two years of, of seeing this this insanity, and I, I wanted nothing more than to be a part of it. And, and so did Tracy, because just some people don't belong anywhere else. And uh, Tracy was made for the business, and that's where he belonged, in my opinion. So he he had quirks like everybody else, uh, and they were certainly. He came by him honestly because he was raised right here in Tennessee, man. <laughs> and then that happens to a lot of folks. Well, I think you had a good uh, a good thing, uh, Dr. Tom, is that and Smoky Mountain was one of the last vintage of that vibe of where it felt like everything you were seeing, everybody meant it. And because it was really probably truly the last territory. And there right. was that, and all those guys were territory guys. You You and Tracy were two of the the last guys who went through the territories, uh, right? You know, and, and, for the and, most part, you, yeah. And and just just to touch on that point real quick, when people ask why uh, some of the old timers don't gravitate or or slide so easily in the attitude of the young generation today, is because the young generation today did not have the luxury or the uh, um, uh, it, it, the model wasn't around when they were born. It was already gone. They didn't go through the territory days. They didn't earn the respect. They didn't, they didn't, uh, earn it. Um, uh, or they didn't give it, earn it and get it because it wasn't around to, to earn and it wasn't around to give and it wasn't around to get. And, and, and respect was a huge, huge issue back then. It was, and it should be today too. Um, and that's, once again, I, I, I will, I, you know, Glenn and I have been doing JPWA for the last two years, and I see it in every session, every class we do, and um, I, I still teach the basics and fundamentals because if you don't have a foundation to build on and you think all you have to do is super kicks and, and have a Coronas, um, well, then you're going to fail miserably. Uh, it, well, I take that back. You're you're, you're not going to have anything to really have substance to it. You can you can have it, but it's like cotton candy. I mean, it's all sugar and and it melts in your mouth, and it's really good at the time. But too much of that is going to give you a stomach ache, and too much of that is going to give you. Uh, where why would you? Why would anybody watch professional wrestling today, unless you're sitting on the couch, um, doing whatever you do to make yourself happier? Uh, or, or just out of your mind, and you're sitting on the couch and you turn the TV and you look at, I'm, I'm talking about any company or any professional wrestling uh, today, it, what would entice you to actually invest in it? I mean, I'm from a different time. I am from a different place. But but the guys who came from the territories and the guys who, who came from that stuff where there was at least a premise of, we're going to suspend your imagination. We're going to be authentic. We're going to be uh, not we, – we couldn't do on the street what we did in the ring. But at the same time, when we lived our daily lives, we were that guy. 
We were that person. And when I when I had my hair down on my face and I would walk in and have it in my face or and, and not necessarily look anybody in the eye, and people, that, that can throw you off. And Tracy was the same way. He knew he had this tension about him when he walked in. And nobody has that today because everybody just – Tells everybody it's it's a, it's playtime and uh, it's not taken seriously and we're not they're not approaching it from the same premise that we did we had to draw every week and yep. these guys don't so that that's the difference and and when you don't when you don't give respect you can't earn respect and you sure as hell won't get respect from the older generation so uh, you know. Coming from the territory days, man, I, these guys, it, it's really a disservice to them. But it's also a disservice to them if they're not taught the basics and they're not taught about respect yep. and they don't understand. Okay. So yes, it's sir. not necessarily their fault, but there's nobody to pass it on. And uh, I try to do that. I don't always succeed. But I think Tracy tried to do that as well. And I'm trying to bring yes. it right back around Tracy because he tried to do that. And uh, he earned the respect of everybody in the dressing room because he had he had paid the price, and that's that's again, you know we can't say by God back in my day, kid, because they don't give a damn. They don't. I understand that, but at least they can respect the fact of who came before them, and a guy like Tracy Smothers deserves and should have always had and she will always have. I think uh, for anybody yeah. who really knew him, the respect uh, of anybody he worked with. And what's crazy to me is because that is a reality, what you just described, the guys who get closest to touching it get so much more because the contrast is so great. I'm thinking someone like an Eddie Kingston where just like sticking to his guns, right, (laughs) gets him so far in AEW where it's like, He's the guy that feels authentic. And then it sort of like snowballs on itself. And I would hope that if you would look at someone like Eddie Kingston and you were a young wrestler, you would go, look how much respect he gets just for having done this for so long and cutting these very serious, realistic promos and, you know, having just, just being skilled and refusing to wink, wink, nod, nod. Um, I hope right. the influence of guys like, you know, and I'm not saying he's Tracy Smothers, but I'm like, he's a perfect example of a guy that on paper would probably not be signed, but there's a, there's an authenticity to him that he gets an extra bonus because the contrast is so great between him and almost everybody else. And uh, well, I, I hope, I hope that that catches on, but. Well, I would hope so too, but, but I, but I look around a lot of times and, and here, what I see is there's too many options to uh, get your attention and control uh, your mind. If if you want to talk in that, in that way, uh, because they see guys who can do the real cool stuff. And I've, I've talked to people and I've asked them point blank, why would anybody care about you? Why would anybody want to come see you? Why would anybody pay five, 10, $15 to come and watch you? And the answer I get is because I can do cool stuff. Okay. That's great. What happens when you can't do cool stuff? What happens when you do break your ankle? What happens when you break something else? What happens when you jump off the second rope and you bend your knees? However, man, that that was going viral last week with a kid. Oh yeah, that, that kid. You know, yeah. That, I mean, 
how does that happen except that you're 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 not trained properly or or you've never done it before or you've got something in your mind that you you see it but you don't have the skill to jump off the second rope right in the ring. I mean, how does that happen? It's an accident, yes. But if you're trained properly, uh, whether it's hitting the ropes or taking a bump, uh, you'll, you're going to hurt in the very beginning. But if you're trained properly how to fall, you can minimize the injuries. You can minimize the chance of injury. You're going to get hurt no matter what. This ain't ballet, man. But at the same time, uh, when you see a guy like Eddie Kingston and the kids don't see him doing the real cool stuff or, or don't get off on his interviews because, you know, Terry Funk and Harley Race, I thought was authentic. Uh, but one of the kids that I told, told to go watch the match, they said I couldn't watch past six minutes of it because it didn't interest them. They don't want to learn the basics. They don't want to learn the foundation. All they want to do is flip, flop, and fly. Not that there's anything wrong with that if you do it in the right place in the match. But nobody wants to tell a story right now. They all want to go out and do cool spots. Another thing real quick, and then I promise I'll shut up. I saw a match where the guy got knocked out on AEW where the guy came with the leg drive, the private party against Yeah, the uh, tag match. Okay, yeah, he got knocked that out. A, yeah, that, that offended me more mm-hmm. than anything I'd seen today because they just kept doing their spots. No rhyme or reason. Didn't pay attention to the guy in the ring. Didn't pay attention if he was knocked out or not. He could have been really seriously hurt. Hell, he could have been killed. I, I'm not being dramatic when I say that because people have died in the ring. Just after that, the the kid from Mexico died of a stroke or heart attack. Nothing big or major, but who knows if this guy could have been hit, uh, caused brain bleeding, whatever it is. But nobody wants to slow down. Nobody wants to take the time. Nobody cares to take the time. Nobody gives a damn about what it is to tell a story these days. If you had more guys like Tracy Smothers or let's go with Eddie Kingston or young guys who appreciated the fact uh, that authenticity is the key and it's missing today, I think it would be a lot better off, but too many people are into let's go with a flash pan. Let's do, let's see all the cool stuff and next, 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 next. And, and the attention span is so hard to uh, uh, keep these days. I, I completely understand that. I'm not saying it, it, it's wrong. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it's certainly a lot different. In my opinion, the most authentic guy in professional wrestling, even though he's not wrestling right now, is Brock Lesnar because there was there was a doubt. You didn't know if he was real or going to go in there and throw live rounds or not. The only guy who knew it, the only ones who knew for sure if it was uh, uh, an accident or on, on purpose, uh, uh, an accident on purpose, was Brock and the guy he was working with. And that's missing today, too, because everybody wants to tell their business to the Internet and, and everybody else in the dressing room instead of keeping a secret. And that's what this business was based on. Yes, kayfabe. Yes, nobody believes it's a, a actual contest anymore. But do you have that element of doubt? Is there something different about you that people will get into and say, my God, man, this guy is going to be so great, and there's something about him that I'm just not sure about? And, and it doesn't exist anymore except for just a few people. And that's very true. And it's funny you mentioned earlier about the uh, the young guys don't respect the veterans. And I've experienced this myself where I'd have somebody like uh, Raven or uh, Ricky Morton give me advice, and they say you may not want to take it. Or, and I was like, why wouldn't I want to take it? Why wouldn't I want to listen? But it, it dawned on me later 
that they're so used to guys ignoring them. And I yeah. was trained by Shawn Michaels and Rudy Boy Gonzalez. So uh, the right. respect I have for veterans is tenfold. It's like if you're going to take the time to give me some advice, I'm going to listen to it. And now that I'm getting in you know, my 40s now, working with the young guys, training with them and booking, I'm seeing the, the same stuff where I'll suggest something, and then they go out and do the opposite thing. As far as trying right. to limit bumps, tell stories, and I, you know, and it's, you know, you think, oh, getting older, the old guy's saying this, but at the same time, with there's that just talked about, honestly, and it's to hear it on, you know, you on that level, that I'm not the only one who sees it. Well, hey guys, I, I got uh, Bull Buchanan uh, here to come on the show. He's he's waiting in the wings here. I'm going to bring him on. Yes, sir. Bull, you there? Yeah. Great. Hey, hey, Todd, hey, how you doing? Good. How are you guys? Doing hey, great, Bull, man. This is this is Dr. Tom Pritchard. I just want to say, how the hell are you, man? <laughs> Dr. Tom, are you kidding me? What are you doing? Well, I'm talking to these fellas about all these daggum no good young punks. Get off my lawn <laughs> and all that stuff. That's what we're doing. So. <laughs> yeah, just just reminiscing about uh, Tracy Smothers being one of those veterans that could take some of these young, no good punks and uh, teach them a thing or two. So, yeah, I want to say oh, this yeah. is on this is on me. I I kept it a surprise for Bull that Doctor Tom was on the show so we could surprise him. Oh, so, no, I got Bull. Is... So Bull didn't. Doctor Tom was going to be on the show. So. Oh, this is great. Uh, got him. Say now, uh, <laughs> Dr. Tom, man, uh, how you been? Well, I've been good, man. I, I really have. You know, we just, uh, I, I think basically we, we we were talking about uh, Tracy and, and stories, and, and uh, he was one of those uh, last of the Mohicans in the sense of taking a young guy out there and uh, uh, teaching him that less is more and, and how it can be fun again. And, uh, Man, you know, you you were a part of that too, man. You came up through that yeah, time. And, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh you know, uh, and not many people I just I just told my, my son Ben I just told him the other night, you know, when I first got in when I first got trained and I got into wrestling, my first gimmick that I came up with myself was called J D Southern. And it was based off the Southern boys. Uh, I had the I had the long trench coat and the hat, and, and it was because Tracy Smothers and Steve Armstrong were the they were the the but you know back in the territory days you built your territory around that one strong baby face, and, and usually it was somebody from that area, and that's what drew the people to him. It was a hometown boy that had made it, and that's what I saw in, in, in Scott and, uh, and uh, you know, I, they were the hometown guys that had made it the same way that I was hoping to make it someday. And, yeah, my first gimmick was totally based off the wild-eyed southern boys. And, uh, but but- – I, I think that was based off your authenticity too, because you, at the same time, you were that wild eyed southern boy, and it's, that's it wasn't too far, from much of a stretch uh, for yeah, you to no, do it. Exactly. Yeah, I mean that that was that was me in a nutshell, and uh, you know, years later, 
after I had went through several gimmicks in uh, in WWE and had went to Japan, you know, which isn't a, a big place for gimmicks, I finally found myself, you know, and, and really what it was was just back to that, you know, bandana, you know, country boy. But uh, a good Tracy story I have, my first match in WWF at the time was with Tracy Smothers in Nashville. I just I had just signed with them. Uh, Doc knows this. I had just signed with them, and they asked me. I was working in Memphis for Jerry Lawler, um, uh, uh, Dwayne Johnson, and Bart Sawyer and myself were working down there. And WWF at the time came to town. Uh, we're coming through Nashville, and they wanted me to do a dark match. So I showed up, and Jack Lanza – no, I'm sorry, uh, Rene Goulet came to me and said, you're working Tracy's mother's. And I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. Tracy, I knew that I was going to have a good match no matter what I'd done. If I'd went out there and tripped over my feet, and then, you know, I was going to have a good match with Tracy. And I did. But the funny part was I had met Sid Vicious down in Memphis, and I think he kind of took a liking to me. And he was trying to give me advice at the same time that Tracy was trying to you know, put a match together, and I think they got kind of got hot at each other. And I thought to myself, shit, this is pretty cool. <laughs> Tracy Smothers and Sid Vicious are fighting over me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that, that's what I was. That's what I was saying. You know, sometimes uh, he could flip that switch, and and Sid could too. I mean, he's another guy who was authentic and could flip a switch. But but yeah, both of them uh, could flip a switch and and go from yeah, man, hey, what you do? Hey, I'll kill you, son of a, you know. So. Yeah, that yeah. was uh, that was that was pretty cool. At some time, then it would get kind of scary if he was directed at you. Yeah, so. yeah, it was we. It was it was funny how Tracy was such a a great guy, but he could flip that switch and uh, and you know, I mean, he uh, he could take care of business. Um, yeah, and you know, man, uh, and and this this got to do with Tracy also, but with all you guys, you know. Whatever I did in the wrestling business or what I didn't do, irregardless, being in Smoky Mountain at that time with Dr. Tom Pritchard and Tracy Smothers and the Dirty White Boy and Rock and Ricky and Robert and Jimmy Del Rey and, and guys like that, if you couldn't learn, you just wasn't going to learn. You know, I mean, if you didn't get better being <laughs> yeah. in that group of guys, Terry Gordy was there. Oh, uh, you know, it was, and everybody, especially Tracy, especially Doc, you know, of course, you know, he's trained a ton of guys now, but everybody, all the veterans there were helping the young guys learn. It, it wasn't like, uh, you know, uh, other places that I went to later on where the older guys, you know, are trying to protect the spot and, and they're still trying to, you know, everybody down there was, was willing to share and willing to teach and, you just have to look at the guys that come out of Smoky Mountain, not not even including not you know talking about me, but you know Glenn Jacobs, you know uh, New Jack, the guys that went on to somewhere else that came through there, and it's all because the older guys were willing to teach us. Really great. I I asked, um, hey Bull, this is Stephen Platinum. Um, I asked Doctor hey. Tom this earlier. Now, knowing Tracy Smothers as you did, did he have any kind of, like, peccadilloes or kind of interesting or odd things about him that most people wouldn't have seen but you got to see because you shared a locker room with him? 
Well, the main thing was, I mean, he just, I mean, uh, uh, Doc was right. You know, he could flip that switch, and, and he he could go from zero to 100 quick. I mean, like I said, I mean, it was kind of <laughs> cool that, that him and Sid were, were, were kind of arguing over who was going to, you know, take care of me that day. But at the same time, I was getting a little worried because I didn't want to be the, you know, the reason that, you know, Tracy's mother and Sid Vicious got into a fight backstage. Um <laughs> He he was such a nice guy, but man, he could uh, he could flip it, and and he had a temper, uh, and he could handle himself. Shit, I mean, the guy wrestled a bear. I mean, if you wrestle, he wrestled a couple bears, yeah. <laughs> if you wrestle a bear, you are much of a man in my book, and somebody I probably don't want to mess with. Tremendous, it's tremendous. Yeah, Tracy's probably one of the last guys who has the reputation for wrestling a bear, since it's not something you can do yeah. anymore. Well, yeah, I think there's a few laws that came into effect, probably because yeah. Tracy took the bear a few times. And I think the bear went, <laughs> the bear went to the uh, Surgeon General of uh, wherever it might be, West Virginia, and said, hey, look, you got to do something about this guy. Because, yeah, I mean, I'm not supposed to lose, and he ain't playing nice, and uh, I'm a bear, damn it. Do something, so. The Humane Society, yeah, couldn't do anything. About I heard, either. I heard a story, and, and Doc might could, probably knows more about it than I do that could verify it. But it's a story that I heard, and I've always wondered. Now, it might have been Tracy that told me, but that when he first started and he wrestled the bear, that some of the older guys were going to rib him. The bear wore a muzzle, and the one thing that the, the, the guy. You know, he didn't mess with the bear's muzzle. The bear would lose his, uh, you know, he would hit a wall if you messed with his muzzle. So the older guys told Tracy, yeah, go out there, and if the bear gives you any trouble, just pop him in that muzzle, and he'll straighten him up. And, you know, Tracy goes out there, and needless to say, the, you know, the bear kind of had his way with it. Now, I don't know if that's true. Have you ever heard that, Doc? I I haven't heard that particular thing, but it doesn't surprise me because, uh, you know, I, I, I told the story earlier about just uh, Ribbon Tracy, and, and, and uh, Ricky even told me I was going to go too far one day, and I thought, no, he gets it, and and so all of a sudden, man, I did, you know, but the, but the guys back then, that's what the boys did, you know, and I, I could see Tracy would be easy to uh, goad into doing something like that. Cause he had no fear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he, he, yeah. Well, I got, a, I got a kind of a question for the peanut gallery in general. <clears throat> so Dr. Tom, you, you know, you have a relationship with any number of the promotions going on and MLW and that kind of thing. And, Bull, certainly through you and your son, who's doing so great, you're at a bunch of these indies. If if you had like a, a Tracy Smothers in his prime, <laughs> where's the place that you're familiar with now that you would love to see him work and kind of work his magic and wreak havoc in? <laughs> What's a place in sort of the modern field if there was a young, vibrant, in his prime Tracy Smothers that you would love to see him in to see what would happen? Well, if 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 I could take that question first, I think MLW would be a perfect place uh just for the fact that they have such such a diverse roster. I mean, you have Myron Green and uh uh Hammerstone and and um god, a Davy Boy. Davy Boy Smith and Tracy Smothers, two raw bone big boys who uh, 
don't mind mixing it up and two nice guys. And there's another one <laughs> who can flip a switch is Davy Boy. So, I mean, I think MLW might be a perfect fifth grade seat this time, if he, especially in his uh, prime. Yes. Yeah. Paul, yeah. oh, what do you uh, think? Oh, oh, yeah. Well, if I could have Tracy Smothers in my prime, in his prime, um, the place I would want to have him is wherever I could rent on the side of the road and and have a wrestling match because I could build See, a that ain't I right. could sell out an arena. I could sell out an arena. <laughs> that ain't right. That ain't right at all, man. I just told the story about our grappling and gravel. Did you hear I, that? I don't know where that would be right now, but it would be somewhere, yeah. and I bet I could find yeah. something pretty quick. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I just told the story I, I about love, Tracy and me. Huh? I, I would love to see him. Uh, uh, just, I'd love to if we could have him in his prime. I'd love to see him here in Georgia. Uh, you know, at places mm. uh, Anarchy and Southern Honor and Southern Fried and uh, Penn State, and you know, working with these young guys around here. Because, uh, you know, if somebody if if we don't pass it on, eventually that knowledge is going to be lost. Um, yep. So, you know, I I I, I try to. Pass what I know on. I know, you know, like I said, you know, Doc's saying a hundred people. I try to pass what I, what little I know, I try to pass it on to the to the guys I run across now, and and of course, you know, being my son and my even yeah. my other son. Uh, but if that knowledge, it, you know, if, if the if the stories about guys like Tracy and Doc and, and you know, back in the day when they wrestled bears and 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 stuff like that, you know, if those stories don't don't live on, then I think a, a lot of our uh, history is uh, is lost. Yeah, agreed. That's why we're doing this is to let our his, the history not die because we want right. to do this. <laughs> well. Yeah, we're running up against time pretty soon. Um, does anybody want to just say one last thing or one last memory or any last thing you want to say about Tracy Smothers or anything you want in general? Well, you know, uh, I think Barry just hit on it, man, saying that, uh, yeah. that passing this on is a huge part, huge element of what the business is. And I hope that, uh, uh, that, that again, guys like Bull Buchanan uh, and myself and, and – the old school guys. I just saw Rudy Boy Gonzalez last week. He he was driving through and making some shots. And um, uh, Mike uh, Latiri from uh, Imagine Wrestling up in Altoona stopped by too. And they're all some guys are looking for that and looking for some kind of guidance. And I hope that doesn't go away. I hope there are some guys out there who want to pass it on. And um, you know, not all the not all the veterans hate the young guys. I mean, we do know that that nobody can pick when they're born, uh, but you can find out about the history of the business. I mean, everybody knows who Babe Ruth is. If you played baseball, if you're a boxer, you know who Muhammad Ali is. Um, you know, what, what's, the, what's the difference about professional wrestling? Why can't you find out about who came before you? What, what happened about the business? How did it get to where it is today? And uh, I just hope that uh, there's more people like Tracy Smothers uh, in the future that come along. Absolutely. Mr. Yes, Buchanan. Yeah, I could just you know hit on Tracy again, man. He he was just a great dude. Uh, he had a, a a passion for the business that uh, that uh, you don't see all the time. Uh, it wasn't always about the money for him. Uh, you know, he did it because he loved it. And uh, I just you know th- there was just uh, 
there was just a whole bunch of uh, good memories, you know, there in Smoky Mountain, uh, working with guys that I, I, you know, and I hate, you know, don't uh, don't take us the wrong way, Doc, but watching the guys that I had kind of grew up on, uh, uh, you know, and then heroes, you know, the guys I looked up to, those those were the guys that I that I looked up to and wanted to be like, and and to have the chance to work with them and learn from them. Uh, was just great, and Tracy was, you know, he was he was one of the best. Uh, I really, uh, you know, uh, there was a there was a van ride from, uh, and I don't know if Doc was on there or not, but it was a Labor Day. I think we had a Labor Day show up in Pikeville, Kentucky, and uh, uh, Robert Gibson had rented a van, and it was Robert and Terry Gordy and Buddy Landell and. Tommy Rich and and Tracy Smothers and myself, you know, and I'm the young guy on there, and and just look around and see the guys that I'm riding down the road with, you know, living the dream that I'd always dreamed of, and I'm looking around, you know, in this van, and all my heroes are in there, and and uh, you know, and then after the show, the 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 beverages came out, and the the party started, and you know. Uh, it was everything that I always thought it would be. You know, being around those guys and, and going down the road with those guys and uh, uh, sharing hotels and, and, and sharing the ring with those guys was everything I always thought it would be. It, it, was, a, it was a good time, you know. It was, it was, a, it was a party. It was a, a learning experience. And, uh, I mean, it just kind of made me who I, who I am or was in the business. Well, let me yeah. say what everything you said is how I feel when you're in my locker room, uh, and that's the honest <laughs> truth. It's just it's a great thing, and and that's exactly how I feel when you're in my locker room. And you know, at the show, I get the chance to talk to you like I get to hear, or when we came to a training session, I actually got to talk with you about stories and knowledge and stuff. But uh, that's the exact same way that most of uh, myself, Kelly, and a lot of guys in our locker room feel when you're in our I just wanted to share that with you. Uh, Paige. I, I appreciate that, man. Nice. Well, Dr. Tom and uh, Mr. Buchanan and Todd Sexton, I just want to thank you guys so much. Um, I wish you guys the best and success and Tracy Smothers. Um, you know, it's a cliche to say somebody's one of a kind. <laughs> I, think, I think it's safe to no, say he was, uh, he was one of a kind. And, um, yeah. you know, so much knowledge he passed on. And I, I said in the beginning that he's one of these guys that that's a nice bridge. I mean, territory, post-territory, and the modern day. And he was still in their locker rooms and still doing things. And guys got to have contact with him. So we need more guys like Tracy Smothers. Um, that's for sure. I think that's one thing that absolutely everybody could agree on that knew anything. So thank you guys so much. We appreciate yes, it. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, man. It's it's always good. And Barry, good good luck to you too, man. I hope I see you down the road sometime. You too, Doc. I look forward to seeing you someday, buddy. All right, man. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Right. Thank, thank you. you. Well, for uh, Dr. Tom Pritchard, Bill Buchanan, Todd Sexton, and uh, Larry Goodman, who did a great job running the board and kind of organizing all of this. We appreciate it. I'm Stephen Platinum. Yes. And we'll see you next week again for another edition of The Tipping Point.
Yes, it is. 